This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to That's Banging, the food and drink podcast of Ireland. Where we talk to some of the brightest culinary minds in the country, as well as people who are just passionate about their food and drink. You'll hear all about what it takes to get a Michelin star above your door, as well as tales of adventure around some of the best places on our wonderful island. All of this while we fill you in on the latest foodie happenings around the country and tell you exactly what great bits me and Marcus have been eating recently. In association with local, fresh and tasty beer, Hop House 13. Made with more hops for more taste and more character. And please remember to always drink responsibly. Hello, I'm Chris Mellon, and we are back after the shortest of mid-season breaks. Last week was a roller coaster of Taste of Dublin, plus loads of other great food bits that me and Marcus will talk about now in a minute. But Marcus, Marcus O'Leary, you return after gallivanting around Paris. I, I came back Paris. from Paris, I settled back in, did some really good eating in Paris. Actually got food poisoning in Paris as well, <laughs> from the nicest restaurant we went to. Uh, but no, it's good to be back home. It's good to, uh, it's good to have been a Taste of Dublin as well. It was, that was, it was good for the soul. Bad for the waistline, um, <laughs> bad for the liver, but my God, it was great it was, to it just was. be there. Yeah, It was great to be there, and we will talk about that in a minute because our guest was also a headliner at Taste Dublin this week. But uh, we'll, talk, we, we'll go, go into what we always talk about, and we'll talk about a few restaurants that we've been in the last uh, week, well, two weeks, I suppose now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm going to kick things off with, uh, with Glover's Alley because I, when Glover's Alley first opened, they did this meat, mad PR campaign, yeah. and you know, some of the language used by themselves meant that I thought the critics were dying to get in and tear it apart. And, you know, maybe during the time there was some issues during opening and uh, certain reviews were probably on point. But I tell you what, I had a very, very special evening in Glover's Alley. I thought it was fantastic. I thought the Fitzwilliam Hotel, obviously the room was going to be like so lovely, so beautiful. Um, and it was just like, it was, it was class. The cooking in It's the room that Thornton's used to be in. It's the room that Thornton's used to be in, exactly, yeah. But the, the, they, they spared no expense. It's done amazingly. Uh, but the food itself just, just like, you know, really spoke and to that's me. That's Chef Andy McFadden. Chef Andy correct. McFadden. Yeah. So he actually holds this mad title where I think, like, when he was in London and he was, uh, yeah, I just, well, I'm checked on, oh, a brain fart. I can't think of the name of the restaurant, but he was the youngest Michelin star chef in London at the time. Okay. Which is quite a title. But yeah, moving back to Ireland, went into Glover's Alley. But yeah, I was just, I was just blown away from the start to finish, from the bites all the way through to everything. Like, the bites, there was actually one dish that stood out to me, and it was like, just one of the bites that you get is not on the menu. And it was um, these two meringues, uh, set mushroom meringues, savoury, and uh, there was like chicken liver parfait sandwich in the middle of them. And the, okay. the texture in your mouth, it was just insane. And that was just like the bites, but like, you know, really good service. Um, yeah, just Glover's Alley, really high marks. Uh, if you fancy spending a few bob, go to Glover's Alley. Okay, well, <laughs> um, no, that's, uh, that's one option. One place we ate together this week was the newly launched Gabos. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, which is uh, Jules, Mac- Jules Max. Jules Max. New uh, taco spot. Sorry, Jules, if you're listening, uh, that I've butchered your name nine times there. Uh, running out of Hush and Rath Mines is an authentic. And when I say authentic, we uh, went down to the kitchen. All the chefs are are Mexican. Yeah. And these are, they're cooking recipes from their hometowns. They're cooking salsas from their hometowns. And they're bringing that flavor to uh, to Dublin. And it's really, really cool to see. And it was genuinely, we ate the whole menu. And it was deadly. It was really, really good. The standout for me was the aubergine taco. Yeah, the aubergine taco, which I believe was an afterthought uh, because they just didn't have enough kind of vegetarian uh, options on it. And like, you know, he kind of, I think, he, it was, did he panko it? Yeah, it was panko yeah, panko and fried. Yeah, panko and fried. With a kind of a salsa matcha. Really but yeah. yeah, like you were talking about the kitchen, we went down into the kitchen. There was like such a good vibe in the kitchen. Like, you know, everyone was like, you know, just buzzing to be there. And that's obviously this was like a pre-opening, pre pop-up nights mm. so obviously then they're doing some pop-ups over the next couple of weeks I believe they're all sold out already but yeah until Gabo's finds a home of its own so yeah that's J- Jules Mack and Gabo's really well, fantastic you know, film. and one little thing that I actually I offered to buy a round of beers for the kitchen mm. and Jules said don't worry I take care of them with beers at the end of every shift and I was like that's how you know a chef owns the restaurant <laughs> you know it's really it's good to hear that the staff in there are being really well taken care of um, as well as we were uh, the food was absolutely sensational fab fab yeah. fab um, I was back in the kitchen this week working on some collabs as I do every so often. Uh, so I went out and made a sriracha mac and cheese and put Oof. on a burger, obviously, <laughs> as you do. Kay. We love carbs on burgers. We love like double carbing. So yeah, the sriracha mac and cheese is the Cali Cali sriracha and I put it on a burger. It's out in Dirt Birds uh, in Beach Park in Bray. Have you been out to Beach Park? I haven't yet. No, it's I haven't, very I haven't cool. been out to Bray in a while. It's, br- it's very cool. Neither have I for a while. But uh, yeah, there's loads going on. You know yourself, food trucks everywhere. Uh, like some really really cool food trucks. There's a uh, Gaucho's dog, which is like you know really, really good, yeah, really good hot dogs. Sausages, yeah, you yeah. have 
you have uh, there's a gorilla there there's a um, there's uh, there's a pog there there's a few different things there it's really really good but yeah really I'm really happy to team up with Dirtbirds the other part of the club is actually my f- one of my favourite clubs I've done obviously since the Sambo Ambo one obviously but uh, it's a Cali Cali hot honey bird and like what we've done there is like fried chicken breast and tossed it in Boyne Valley honey and then the sriracha and like so an Asian pickle slaw black garlic and lime mayo and it's like sticky oh mega God. sweet mega crispy check it out if you're in Bray absolutely Marcus do you know what I have? Uh, this is kind of the, the the highlight of my week so far. Is that I, I was having that like hump day Wednesday slump, and I was like, do you know what? I am going to cancel all my plans for the evening and take myself out on a date. Oh yeah, uh, which is like it's the ultimate in self care. I got got myself a table in Eto, which is one of my favorite restaurants in the world, um, and I just had the most gorgeous dinner. It looked gorgeous. by myself. Had like two glasses of wine. Sat there, made talked to a couple of the tables beside me. Had obviously the Edo mussels with Indian sweet corn, I- iconic dish, still unbelievable. Vish uh, is in the kitchen there, and he's he's killing it. Then I had the coat de buff to myself, as you do, which is yeah. The staff were like, really? I was like, listen, I've done this before, <laughs> and um, then yeah, the red wine prunes. Oh yeah, with a little Same. glass of Pedro Jimenez, and honestly. I went home just beaming, like it turned my day around. You're still glowing this I'm morning. I'm still glowing. That's probably just the <laughs> cholesterol like shooting out of my skin. Um, but it was so good. Edo is, cons- it doesn't miss. I've never had a bad meal in that restaurant. And honestly, it, w- it was wonderful. And do you know what? Like there was the little details. And there's one thing that I always get there. And it's the simplest thing. It's a kohlrabi salad. Mm-hmm. Kohlrabi, rocket and capers. And I've tried to recreate it at home. And it's just so perfect. And when you're having something heavy and rich, like a coat de boeuf with Bordelais, that just cuts through. And it's gorgeous. It's crisp. It's cold, mm. which contrasts against the yeah. heat. It's it's kind of light. Contrasts against the richness of the sauce. It's perfect. You sound quite seductive here, Marcus. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on to our fabulous guest this week, who is a best-selling order, chef, and lifestyle blogger. Her passion involves showing people how to live a tasty and easy vegan life, and her recipes are finding homes in the Five Star Marion Hotel and even in places such as Vogue.com and National Geographic. Fresh off her Taste of Dublin headline slot, Holly White. Welcome to That's Bangin'. Woo! Woo! Hi. How are hey, you? Holly, how I'm are good. You? I'm actually, I'm so delighted to be here. You move really quick, saw you at Taste, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. No, it was great to see you at Taste. I haven't seen you in a long time. I know, I know. Yeah. It's been a, it's, it's, it's as if it's all just like a blur in the past, but... It is, but you know what, like you've had so such an incredible trajectory between then. How was Taste of Dublin for you, if we start there? Uh, fab, I was actually just saying to Chris, like a little bit nerve-wracking. So it was nice to have two uh, two demos, like the first one, because you're dealing with variables that you might not have dealt with before, like traffic, lugging your gear in. Because I've just been teaching from my kitchen at home and you, you get used to your own comfort environment. But then what was great was by the time Saturday came around, I loved it. And it's to get that real life interaction. Yeah. Like I think online is amazing. And obviously that's like a big part of, you know, what I do on a day-to-day basis, whether it's interacting on Instagram or teaching via Zoom, but actually to see real, you know, real people, that real connection, it was just fab. It's such a difference. You know, I was doing demos as well and like the same kind of thing. The first one, I was so nervous. I yeah. was like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm just cooking a, cooking a cacio e pepe, like just a pasta. <laughs> and as soon as you hit that flow yeah. and you see people and maybe you catch the glimpse of a couple of familiar faces in the crowd, it just suddenly you feel back at home and it I was know just it like, lights that spark back up in really you and does. I was like oh this feels familiar again but yeah amazing. yeah it, it was wonderful and the it was taste theater was really nicely done as well this year wasn't it yeah it was, it was fun like listen yeah. it was it was cool it was just you know much like I'm sure both of you it's just so good to see so many familiar faces yeah again. wasn't it great like, to see all the food community back out and about I was chatting to literally everyone like and just walking around taste I got to heckle you on stage you did get to, heckle, I got to stage. heckle you on stage I got to see Kevin Thornton like Filet a fish like a wizard. It was like oh, insane. He is the Gandalf <laughs> of Irish food. I swear. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah. definitely eating all the great food. And like, how, so you were back on stage. Yeah. And like, how was it then with the crowd there? Did you really, did you really enjoy taste, yeah, for one. Absolutely loved it. But it was also, I think, it was really cool for me to see like the progression of, say, vegan food in terms of mm. a couple of years ago. If I was, um, you know, kind of out and about, even little things like getting a coffee. Like I remember mm. years and years ago, I've eaten this way for coming up on eight years now. And wow, okay. Yeah. So it's 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 been a while. But I remember um, a couple of years back bringing my own milk into a kind of a fancy coffee place and they were like we can't use that in our machine here and just what I loved was like now in terms of 
getting out and about it's so easy and yeah. I always kind of think back to I first tried to go vegan back when I was 18 I'm 38 now so a long wow. time ago and it was really hard and I remember being in like a tradition like a sandwich kind of bar and I remember going okay I can have mustard I can have cucumber I can have let and like it was so bland it was so boring yeah. and because I didn't have any resources or support and it was just it was too awkward mm. I, I, I'm kind of introvert extrovert in terms of I love doing that little bit on stage but kind of in my like normal life like with my friends yeah. I'm pretty quiet so yeah, yeah, yeah. it was kind of awkward if they're like there's a whole queue out the door what do you want in your sandwich and I was like yeah. I don't know anything <laughs> vegan and they're like what's vegan we don't know we don't understand but thankfully definitely at taste it was really easy which is great yeah um, did uh, you have some favourite dishes at taste this year I know I had a great tofu dumplings off to Kwanji actually. yeah yeah they were absolutely amazing mm. and all the lovely like kimchi and the chili yeah, oil and everything yeah. like that mm. and then also I had a really gorgeous it was like a roasted cauliflower taco so that oh, was yeah. super delicious. oh off the Loch Chicanas I yeah. had that as well that was fantastic I know it was so, it was so nice. good and it was just such tasty tasty bites like if you rolled mm. around you want bits of all the cabbage the lovely sauce yeah, and yeah, it just yeah. all comes together so well so they things were really like good. that I had a I had like a way not vegan but I had a lamb barbacoa taco off them as well and it was like f- so fab I know really? so fab. Yeah. Their, their, their food truck itself is actually just so stunning it's amazing I know. it's, it's amazing. genuine yeah. like honestly I get the biggest food truck envy ever <laughs> when I look at Los Chicanos like I'm there with my orange ambulance I'm like <laughs> look at you guys like literally living my chef dream I like, hope someone was not listening no <laughs> <laughs> he's speaking I believe um so you you said you went vegan when you were 18. Um, yeah. Was the transition, was it like health conscious? Was it sustainability conscious? Was it like... Uh, back when I was 18, I think the thing is for everyone who kind of feels a bit different when they're younger, you don't mm. want anyone to know. And I yeah. always kind of was aware of that. Like when I was a teenager, it was all about, everything was kind of cliquey. Everyone wanted to sort of dress the same. Yeah. And there was a huge junk food emphasis in terms of if you were out, it was about going to somewhere to get fast food. And I remember I would eat that kind of food. And for some people, it was just a meal and I'd feel terrible. And I really like just wasn't listening to my body in terms of milk just and dairy products just never, ever agreed with me. Mm-hmm. And definitely whenever I ate meat, I always had that really full kind of feeling of being kind of really bloated, really uncomfortable and also shattered tired mm-hmm. so yeah. kind of I'd look back on when I first tried to go vegan at 18 it didn't work I lasted about six weeks it was impossible um, I was a student in Trinity at the time and I think I lived off chips and maybe crisps or you know I yeah. wasn't able to do it healthy or well yeah. and no one could have said that's a healthy way of eating because it just wasn't um, but really throughout a lot of my 20s I was kind of essentially kind of ignoring how my body actually was feeling and you know trying to I think really fit into the status quo in terms of that's what everyone eats that's what a healthy diet is and like I would look back on that time as you know that's your 20s that's when it should be really exciting in terms of your life you should have so much energy and I was shattered tired and I kind of varied between being pretty low and exhausted not really able to kind of handle all the responsibilities that were coming my way or else basically on a sugar high like I just I think when your body is dealing with I'd have a lot of not allergies like obviously allergies are very Mm. serious but I'd have a lot of intolerances and intolerances are trickier because you can have a little of something but you can't have a lot so it might mean that maybe you could have toast for breakfast but then to have a big bowl of pasta that it's just that little bit too that much that little bit of like the, that kind of minimal effective dose that sets you above the edge exactly just like, and they're yeah. trickier and I think I've talked to different people about this and they said intuitively a lot of the time if people say do you know what I think that doesn't agree with me it might not show up on an allergy test but mm. intuitively you can be correct and there were things that just didn't agree with me at all and then there was two things that were kind of pivotal moments and um, one was when I was 28 I was out in Los Angeles doing what people do when they go to LA and doing yeah. that exhausting kind of circuit of meeting and auditioning and things Trying like that. Trying to be that. a star. Yeah. It's what we all do. Yeah, we yeah, go yeah, to yeah. LA <laughs> and I came home not a star in any way, shape or form. But while I was out there, I was first exposed to eating in a vegan restaurant and there's a place called Cafe Gratitude and it's very LA. And, yeah. you know, when you order, they say, what are you grateful for? And you oh legitimately God, that's, have... That's, that's very, it's very, very LA. Very LA. And <laughs> there's a lot of like pay it forward and things like that. And I was meeting someone there and I, I remember kind of going, oh my God, I don't know what to order. This is really weird. And I looked at the menu and there was a chocolate smoothie and I said, okay, cool I'll get that and I remember I had one taste of it and I literally went oh my god this is delicious yeah I I was very very grateful but also what was amazing was I used to crave cheesecake and I love that mix of slightly sour really Mm. dense kind of fruity flavors but I used to feel horrendous after it. So anytime I saw cheesecake on a menu, I always ordered it and I would pay for it for two or three days like I just I'd feel awful my digestion I'd be wrecked and I remember I had this smoothie and I went 
oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And it was a real pivotal moment in that I kind of realized that suddenly you can get something that's as satisfying, but it didn't give me that bloating, that discomfort. And then that sort of, I suppose, sparked something that made me just a little bit curious. And then it was two years later when kind of the rise of Netflix came and I had just turned 30 and I was at home and kind of just, you know, I think when you're older, if you're single as well, you can kind of have a bit of time to sort of maybe take stock and get to know mm, yourself again. Yeah. And I watched a lot of documentaries um, like Cowspiracy, Forks Over Knives, Seaspiracy is out now. And I was just blown away. I wasn't aware of one, that you could live a vegan lifestyle, but mm -hmm. two, the environmental impact. And that had a huge, it really, really resonated with me. And that's when I started my vegan journey. I think it's incredible, you know, like what you were saying there about at one point you were bringing in your own milks to yeah, places. Yeah. Kinda, when you think about Ireland now, like if a place doesn't have not just one, but like several cohesive vegan options, yeah, you need it's, four almost, these, like, it's almost boycotted. <laughs> like it's like it's something that is is an incredible step. But even just like, you know, I was in Paris last week, one of the food capitals of the world. Yeah. And there's like it's only starting now to to actually become to have vegan options. I remember a couple of years ago meeting a friend of mine over there who's a, a yoga instructor and like trying to go to a vegan restaurant and I googled like vegan restaurants in Paris. It's like there are four. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. in a restaurant with like or in a city with like ten thousand plus restaurants. Yeah. There was like four dedicated vegan spots and it's like suddenly Dublin is actually doing something right. But you're taking the key box because you're saying options. Because for me, I don't yeah. see a future where everyone wants to go vegan. And people are yeah. kind of surprised. Like, maybe I'm not, like, very good at influencing. But no one directly in my family or friends in any mm. way would identify as vegan, nor have they any interest. But what they all can agree on is if food is super tasty, mm -hmm. they're happy. And what I love is, is that I work with the Marion Hotel and I coordinate their vegan menu. But what I love is that it sits alongside the traditional. Yeah. So I love the idea of maybe, like, food is all about coming together, whether, whether it's to celebrate something, a birthday, a happy occasion. And everyone has individual likes and dislikes and preferences. And I love seeing a big table in their meeting and it's where everyone's needs are met. And maybe, you know, maybe the dad is having a piece of fish, the mom is having, you know, prawns or chicken, and then mm -hmm. there might be someone else having the vegan option. And I, um, I just love that idea of everyone's needs being met at the table. And what amazed me was like when I started um, sharing recipes online, a lot of people said, you know what? I uh, can't tolerate dairy. Thank yeah. you so much. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we had the launch for the Marion menu over like two and a half years ago at this stage, one kind of very influential blogger came up to me and she said, that's the first um, dessert I've actually been able to have in eight years. And it no amazed way. me that no. there's this whole niche of people who they're just getting a sorbet if they can't tolerate dairy. So I yeah. eat this way by choice. I'm lucky. But for so many people, they don't have the luxury of choice. You know, they have genuine allergies and concerns. So what's great about vegan food is that it kind of ticks that box if people have intolerances to eggs or dairy. Do you know what? This is actually something that kind of weirdly boils my blood, right? That, okay. that you know, whenever you see somebody posting vegan recipes online or like promoting veganism or anything like that, you'll always get some absolute douche nozzle in the in the comments being like, oh, would you not just have a steak? <laughs> yeah. like, and it's like what you've just outlined there is actually it's it's one of the most valid things going that like some people just can't eat dairy yeah, or yeah. can't eat meat. Or if they eat a slice of cheesecake, they're bollocks for three days. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like. That's the thing that, like, if you actually put it to someone that way, it's like, I think, you know, people or cer certain people see veganism as this, like, you know, this pedestal living of kind of, you know, holier than thou and everything. If you turn around to someone, it's like, if I eat a cheese sandwich, yeah. I'm literally crippled for half a week. I know. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't I go and learn to do something different? You pigeon <laughs> like. but I think it's as you said that there is that perception of the sort of the angry vegan and definitely when I was um, growing up I kind of I remember I was really cautious about I suppose like identifying in that way mm. and what I try and be is I have every interest in having a rich full life I love catching up with my friends I love mm. a good cocktail mm. and I'm a real foodie and I think that can surprise people sometimes because they assume if you are vegan like I've been to restaurants where like if if I say I'm vegan they might be like say a salad and they'll take the feta out of it they'll take the chicken out and literally I'm served a plate of leaves and I'm yeah. going well if I ate that way I would know that no one was into food you yeah. know and it's about saying okay you're taking that out but what are you putting in and I think a key thing is is that um, with vegan food unless you're working with vegan protein sources such as your tofu your lentils your tempeh different things like hemp seeds are also a great you know addition to add on 
people are just not going to feel satisfied. So mm. it, it's about making the food satisfying, delicious and full of flavour. And one thing that I did actually say at the Taste of Dublin is we made a recipe that I love. It's just, it's a real classic kind of comfort food, but it's a lentil bolognese and then we do like oh, kind yeah. of, yeah, then it's like a hazelnut parmesan. So you flake hazelnuts Ooh. and then you add in nutritional yeast, which is an inactive yeast, but it kind of has a cheesy flavour, rosemary, a um, little bit of garlic, salt and pepper. And it's just, it's to make it beautiful because the thing is, with meat, there is this perception of it's glamorous. There's a yeah. decadence to it. I've been in restaurants where a board has bought, been bought out and people pick their steak and then yeah. they get their special knife and they feel mm. really like yeah. There's yeah. A process this is exciting. Yeah. And obviously, if someone wheels out like carrots, you're not going to go like, ooh, I want that carrot. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, how can we make vegetables cool? Because yeah. as yeah, you yeah. said, at the heart of it, I know, and I know because they interact with me, I know there are people who might be younger and they're going, hang on, I can't eat that way. It doesn't mm. agree with me. Yeah. As you said, I feel really sick. And also the problem for me was is that I had kind of such digestive issues that that really affects your confidence course, in terms of going yeah. out. Yeah. You know, I constantly had little I constantly had little breakouts. I got it all around my jawline. I was mm-hmm. really, really bloated. And just also from an energy point of view, if your body is trying to digest something that it doesn't kind of, it can't calibrate with, mm-hmm. it's like that exhaustion after Christmas Day. Yeah. But that was me after every meal oh, wow. out. Which, or, which sounds hellish. Yeah. Like that genuinely, it sounds, and uh, like it, it, it's something that really, that is the perspective. Yeah. That is the perspective that is so interesting. That it's just like, and I don't think it's talked about enough. Well, it's it's much more empowering, I suppose, to kind of, to take back control of your health in whatever way, shape or form, it, you know, that can be. And mm-hmm. I think it's also like to have a healthy boundary around actually, do you know what, that doesn't work for me, but that does. And that applies to every area of life. It just took me ages and ages to apply it to food because I was so self-conscious. It draws a bit of attention, some of which I was really uncomfortable with. And you don't want to be awkward and you don't want to be difficult. And now what I do kind of as actively as I can is I teach people and I say, if you're a member in a family, if you're a busy, you know, say, say family of three or four or five, cook your own meals. Maybe mm. do your own shopping. Take responsibility for yourself. Don't put this on someone else. If I'm going to a friend's house for dinner, I will always, always offer to bring a dish, cook. Yeah. You know, don't be that awkward, difficult yeah. vegan that everyone goes, oh, no. Do you know what I've, I've, I saw just before leaving the house, which was incredible? I don't know if you've heard of a restaurant called Eleven Madison Park. Yeah. Right, no, ele- ele- cool. So Eleven so, Madison Park, yeah. it's Number one restaurant in the world there for a couple of times. Yeah, it, it's one best restaurant in the world twice. It's mm. a restaurant on, on Madison Park in New York. Um it's an incredible restaurant. I ended up going there a couple of years ago and they they were really famous for their duck program. Like they, they yeah. would dry age this duck and they had these incredible meat dishes. Basically the chef there, Daniel Hum, last year decided just completely, like this is a three-star Michelin restaurant, Yeah, decided that he was going to turn the whole restaurant vegan. Oh my gosh. Out yeah. of nowhere. And yeah. They have still retained, they've retained their three Michelin stars. They, uh, and like this is something that's incredible. That like I think that Exactly what you were saying there, that sometimes vegan food in in restaurant capacity is reductive. Is it like, oh, this is a salad. We're just going to take the the cheese and the chicken out. Whereas really when we eat, like when you think about what we eat, like what, like four or five meats regularly, Mm -hmm. hundreds of vegetables, dozens of herbs. Loads of spices. So many spices. Like really the the wheelhouse of flavors is so much bigger. And if you, I think that what you were saying there about meat being glamorized and really being, you know, like the, the ceremony and the centerpiece. If we started treating vegetables that way and giving like veggies the same kind of respect, yeah. that then there's no reason why they can't be as incredible. Yeah, you have so much more to work with, like just what yeah. you're saying there. I suppose that brings you like to another question then as well. Like obviously over the last couple of years you've actually like, you know, made a proper career through this like this yeah. veganism obviously with your cookbook and everything you're doing. But like if you go back to like eight years ago when you first started, like were you a good cook or did you kind of like do this true veganism like where was your kind of cooking base to start from um, I grew up I was lucky that my mum would have cooked a lot of fresh food you know gr- you know, growing up so I always found like my way of kind of catching up on the day might have been chopping onions beside her that kind of mm. thing so I, w- I, I grew up kind of just with an awareness but what I will say is like my weekly shop used to always be the exact same thing it was salmon fillets mince spinach tinned tomatoes onions and then once you enter into a whole vegan world like uh, my advice to everyone will be take 20 euro good anti-rage market buy every random spice you possibly can yeah. that seed through the year because by nature a lot of vegan protein sources which is the key thing when I teach is how to work with these you know your tofu your tempeh mm-hmm. beans lentils things yeah. like that they're really bland you need to inject lots of flavour yeah. also lots of healthy fats to make things really satisfying like I love obviously really good like different types of oils you know avocado oil mm-hmm. olive oil and then loads of 
like nuts and seeds and it's how yeah. can you make things rich, yeah. decadent, like nice olives, sundry tomatoes, lots and lots and lots of flavour. Yeah. Um, but no, my weekly shop used to be totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was only looking there like your, on your Instagram there yesterday you were doing or yesterday before you were doing like just a roasted cauliflower. Oh, yeah. And like it's just, it's so simple, but like yeah. so brilliant. Like because I love that. I love that kind of roasted cauliflower in the spices, that flavour you get in salads all the time. Yeah. But it's such a, it's such something you can use in so many different things. And it's such a simple thing to do. But that's why I actually wanted to ask you as well. Like, you know, we play a little game as such, right? Okay, <laughs> but like, you know, when I, so when I eat out a lot, you know, you, we were talking about this a minute ago, like you're saying mm-hmm. it's quite reductive with, uh, with veganism. But like, you know, I, sometimes you get delicious salads and if you're in really good restaurants, you can get some ava- amazing vegan dishes. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are afraid of cooking at home when it comes to veganism. 100%. Because they're just, you know, like you said, they're kind of, they're too set in their ways when it comes to meat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what the cauliflower is kind of thinking about today. It's so simple, but so delicious. Yeah. But what I want to want from you basically is, right? Two parts of this question, basically. So we want two kind of super quick recipes. So I'm going to start you off with one really simple, right? Okay. So we're looking like meat alternatives. Yeah. But like, you know, super simple and super easy. So the first, like, I think this is a really, really entry-level one that people can do at home very easily, right? So yeah. lasagna, right? You're talking about mince, right? Yeah. So if you just get rid of the mince, I think there's so much you can actually put into that. That makes yeah. it a, such a delicious dish. But then obviously you have to play around with the sauce and stuff like that. So like, if you're, if you're, to, I'm sure you pro- there's probably one in your cookbook, is there? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is perfect. So what I would do is, first of all, lentils are really good substitute, yeah. like ground per gram they've more protein than beef but actually also they're four times cheaper so if someone is saying hang on okay we're still going to have a really good Sunday roast but I'm going to go to a local butcher it might be a little bit more expensive how can we cut back and definitely vegan savoury options are really really economical like a can of lentils is about Mm -hmm. 70 cents so super reasonable Mm -hmm. the thing is though really bland so again things like miso paste really good rich yeah. brown miso paste really important um, a soy sauce or tamari if you're gluten free I tend to try and make as many of my recipes gluten free just so that they're Inclusive. again Inclusive. Yeah. it's exactly that and it was only once I started this way that it's a really strange feeling going to a restaurant and actually seeing does nothing on the menu here yeah. for me at all and it's a horrible feeling because you almost feel slightly like not welcome which yeah. is you know it's bizarre and I was used to this luxury of choice and will I have this yeah, or that yeah, yeah. Or, so what I try and do is think of how can this be delicious but still cater to and if it's an easy swap so <laughs> soy sauce for, for tamari same yeah. you know yeah, take the same box but yeah. an easy swap um, but yeah so I'd go with my lentils I'd definitely add some like shredded kind of shiitake mushrooms as well oh, lots yeah. of caramelised shallots onions garlic yeah. and then your miso and your tamari and you're, you're gonna get that it'll work yeah. you're really Fab. just packing the umami in there with exactly. the tamari the miso okay gorgeous so like that's actually the Joe, oh, I'm sorry. Go- was there a second part of the question? No. Oh uh, no, I was just going to say like I, I, I just yeah. But that was what I, I second part of the question. What was the second part of the question? Yeah. So no, it's basically just kind of saying you like I was looking for like two two, two ideas like for yeah. recipes. So like if like so one I was just going to say like a lasagna. So like you know people just swap out your mince for the stuff. Yeah. What you're kind of saying, talking about there. But like you know other kind of really really like dishes well, so that people cook at home a lot. Say if like somebody wanted to cook a vegan chicken curry like what what would you use as a substitute for chicken maybe uh, I'd use tofu for that okay. and what i do is basically what you can do is you can do a thing called pressing your tofu which okay. is you uh, place it between two tea towels and you put a weight on top of it okay. and what's, what that does is, is that releases all the moisture so then mm-hmm. you have this perfect it's basically very similar to steamed chicken breast it's a really right. good source of calcium as well um, but what happens is then it's going to be a sponge so anything you put onto it it's going to absorb that straight up so right, definitely okay. I love like I love a lot of like smoked paprika maybe a bit mm. of garlic onion powder as well and definitely again a bit of tamari just for that kind of salty flavour yeah. so yeah. what I'd do is I'd put a weight on it for about an hour and then you put it into your nice marinade and it's just going to go oh my god that actually <laughs> just sounds delicious. and then I'd always fry that off separately so then when okay. it actually goes into your um, other kind of remaining curry ingredients that there's a bit of crispy like a nice edge and yeah. as you said you mentioned like a panko you could even put a little breadcrumb on it or something okay. just to give it a bit of crispy crunch. so you could almost have that like you know uh, tonkatsu style yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, panko yeah. bread your tofu slice it yeah. nice Japanese curry but on the, the pressing side. it takes honestly not to, not not long at all but what you have is literally you have a sponge for any flavours as well you can even get more heat like I love smoked paprika because I think it's enough heat it's sweet as well yeah. like it's kind of it's a very dynamic flavour it's yeah. the one that I'm like I love this so much. Have you uh, have you gone down the kind of the the like the espelette pepper kind of? I know oh, like wow. we had Eric Matthews on here, and like every single recipe is like espelette pepper. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like really like the pimenton espelette, all of these. Like even going back to what we were talking about there of just being hundreds of spices. Yeah, yeah. There's like nine different kinds of paprika. <laughs> like, I know. Oh. Every day is a school day. I yeah. need to go down and, and learn. They're absolutely amazing. So tofu. Um, actually, th- I've always been kind of curious about stuff like seitan. Yes. Um, so, like, I remember going to Sova, yeah. um, the vegan butcher, which even as a name of a restaurant is fantastic. Yeah. And um, obviously their thing is meat substitutions. Yes. Which is, like, you know, again, it's kind of, that's a whole other 
conversation. Yeah. But uh, seitan is what exactly? It's um, it's gluten. So there's actually an amazing Irish company called Thanks Plants doing like right. really delicious vegan sausages. They have a sundry tomato one and then they have a sage and onion one as well. And they're mm-hmm. really, really tasty. But with seitan, you get that kind of texture. But because it's gluten-based, um, I can have a little bit. I can't have a lot of it as yeah, well. Yeah, okay. So in terms of meat substitutes, I think it's amazing that they're out. I think they give you that easy, like you can have a vegan chicken fillet or something like that but mm-hmm. for me I'm much more into it, like cooking everything completely from scratch and I kind of need to as in yeah. I can have a little bit of that I love that it's there um, mm. top tip McGuinness's Chipper on Camden Street McGuinness's yeah, yeah. Chipper. Chipper shout out to McGuinness's Chipper again amazing um, I found myself outside there conveniently or not yeah. <laughs> uh, but like again they would have those substitutes and yeah. I think they're brilliant because if you have a gang of people everyone is having something that you know is kind of chickeny and you're like well do you know what I'll have mine because again I think mm-hmm. socially you know we all come together but in my day to day I'd have to be honest and say I wouldn't yeah. use a lot of meat substitutes again great that they're there for convenience mm-hmm. but that's not really my um, yeah. thing do you know actually shout out just to anybody who's listening to this and has not been to McGuinness's and is kind of maybe trying to incorporate a, a bit more plant based action into your life McGuinness's Chipper is uh, it's on Camden Street it looks like the most inconspicuous <laughs> chipper in Ireland it says traditional Irish chipper in there it is far from that you yeah. walk in you look up left there's a full vegan menu you're getting your vegan nuggets you're getting your vegan vision chips you're getting it is and you know what it's like this is uh, this is something that I love is that the meat that you're getting in a chipper at three in the morning could be badger could be, could be could be could be, could be, could be accumulation know, of voles could be could be anything it's like I've had I've had nuggets out of McGuinness's that taste better than like whatever poor horrible mistreated chicken got thrown into a blender I think the key <laughs> thing with vegan food also though is that like a lot of people like they kind of in theory they're like okay I get it but I'm not sure what it is what amazes me though is how satisfied people feel but they don't feel bloated or stuffed Mm. and as you Mm. said start with things that are easy you know start with a smoothie a dessert a muffin a cupcake something tasty something delicious and I think at the heart of it like most importantly anything that I create I have a really honest family and you know, yeah. I remember years good ago, old, I recorded a whole, but I recorded yeah. a whole video on like this mac and cheese that I thought was pretty good, and I, and but I realised it was apologetic. It was mm. it's the vegan mac and cheese. And my brother came in, he went, "Oh, Holly, that's not great." <laughs> <laughs> and then I scrapped the whole video, and you can always go back to the drawing board. But at the end of the day, vegan or not, what I feel is is I want anything that I create just to be delicious because yeah. we can all agree on that. I never want people to go, "Oh, well, for the vegan option, it's grand." It's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You can't rely Stand on that. Standalone delicious. But I think also it's a competitive industry. There will always be someone who says, "Hang on, I spent a bit more time. I've perfected this," and mm-hmm. you can always find a way. Mm-hmm. You just have to be really, really curious mm-hmm. about it. Um, but yeah, it's to start with easy, simple, tasty things. Like if you were, uh, I'm kind of like I'm, I love this kind of meal replace or the kind of the idea that you can replace one thing with the other I suppose coming from like a traditional chefing background especially yeah. a French traditional chefing background it's like oh more foie gras in the butter I you know, know it's like, I know if you were doing like say a Christmas dinner yeah what's on the table oh my god I actually have like a whole Christmas um ebook that I did because I wanted to learn all about this so you can do things again with tofu so you can make almost like a mini sort of a quiche so I probably okay. start with a quiche with a nice pastry on my, and then for a main course, I'd love like maybe I'd go for Christmassy vibes. So I'd go for a chestnut, mushroom, mm. beetroot tart with a really, really rich gravy, like oh, yeah. loads of sage, yeah, loads of yeah. onion, uh, really good roasties. And then I might do some maple carrots, add in some rosemary as well. Gorgeous. So just keep it decadent. Yeah, and yeah. Then decadent. I love a crumble afterwards for dessert as well. I and you can a do crumble. a really nice, like it's a vegan, essentially like a clotted cream. Like what you do is you take a muslin and you can put in your dairy-free yogurt. And if you... Um, soak that overnight yeah. and allow it to drain you get this really gorgeous slightly sour but thick consistency no way. and then you can add some vanilla to that and then um, agave or maple the only thing with maple is that because it's quite dark it'll make it slightly yellow yeah. if you want to keep it white go mm. for a really light agave and okay. then you get this sourness that thick texture so it is pretty much like a clotted cream so if I have a crumble I'll put that with okay, it okay wow. yeah I love your knowledge like you know you, you, you can say you, you know it's how curious you get when you're kind of working up these recipes but you can really see your passion coming through thank it's really you fantastic really fantastic well I trained I think the thing was I was conscious that so what happened was I years ago was working on um, TV3 Expose and we were kind of encouraged to start to use social platforms mm-hmm. so at the time on Snapchat I remember like you just share a little like behind the scenes filming this and I started to share recipes and kind of quite quickly I remember I came out you know I was 30, 31 at that stage mm-hmm. and I was, I was kind of conscious that wherever you go your name and your reputation is really important and it doesn't yeah. matter if it's Snapchat today and mm-hmm. traditional newsprint you know before your name is your reputation and yeah. you have to respect that and I remember I had a moment where I said okay 
if this is where I'm going to go, both for myself and for if I'm going to be sharing recipes, I have to invest in education. So yeah. I became certified in plant-based nutrition from Cornell. I did that by correspondence. And then I trained with the World Food Cafe in London. And then also I went to Los Angeles and I trained with a place called Plant Lab there. Oh, my God. And okay. they were, yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. But they were really, really intense classes. Yeah. And, but what I love about kind of, especially when you do a course on site, because they have all your ingredients kind of weighed and measured, but you might make five or six different dishes that at home could have taken me a month to t- sort yeah. of recreate. But you get a real sense of flavors, textures. And it's great because it kind of opens up your mind and now it's helped me deconstruct recipes so I can look at something and I can go okay I want kind of a crunchy texture I need a bit of heat how can I try and emulate that as well but it's to it's to make it easier for people because I always say like life is full of transitions but it can be pretty lovely on the other side like my weekly shop doesn't take me any longer but what I do now in terms of teaching people is I go listen I learned this over eight years how can I try and give you in a month Mm -hmm. the best you know whether it's social skills you're having a dinner party you're having friends over what supplements do you need to take again really important Mm -hmm. you know there are certain nutrients especially things like b12 that naturally you would get from beef because cows when they're grazing they'd get that from the earth and you're not getting that you can have products that are fortified with it so say some dairy-free milks vegan cheeses will be fortified with b12 but otherwise you need to supplement so i say to everyone if this is a choice you've made take the responsibility you know get your cookbooks educate like a traditional diet exists because for a long time it worked really well Mm -hmm. and it did meet a lot of your nutritional needs if you're taking out you know the backbones of that what you need to substitute what do you need to yeah. look out for you need to educate yourself yeah 100% Super. I think um, yeah we're going to move on and we're going to do a, we're going to cross promo Marcus yeah perfect so we are available everywhere you would normally get your podcast and of course Headstuff Podcast we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network and if you would like to support us you can now too through Headstuff Plus signing up to the Headstuff Plus community not only helps your favourite Irish creators us do more of what they do best but you also get a heap of bonus content from every show on the network regardless of which show you support so jump on and buy us a pint or a cup of coffee and support us through Headstuff Plus while receiving some great bonus content. This week's cross promo on the Headstuff Network is The World According to Wikipedia. So this one I'm definitely actually going to have a listen to because I love a good wiki hall. So do I. Oh my God. <laughs> I, like, fell, I fall into Wikipedia. Oh, my Sunday's hung over. Oh, like. I actually, you know when um, you wake up after maybe a big night out and the laptop is still open beside you? <laughs> Literally, um, I, I woke up one day with no word of a lie with a Wikipedia page open it was like a list of animals with college degrees Stop. <laughs> yeah. so definitely so yeah. you ch- if you want to know the facts this is the trailer The World According to Wikipedia is a podcast that pops the hood of Wikipedia and invites you to take a look inside each episode we will talk to someone from the Wikimedia community on topics like why are only 18% of biographies about women can editing Wikipedia be a protest or activism And what is it like for the communities working on the 200 plus Wikipedias that are not in English? Subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. At the start of the show, we mentioned our local fresh and tasty sponsor, Hop House 13. So in this section of the podcast, we're going to ask you, Holly White, what's hopping? We want to celebrate some of the most vibrant and local food experiences Ireland has to offer. So if you want to tell us something you're excited about, maybe it was a an amazing dining experience you've had recently, maybe it's a launch of something, yeah. or maybe it's a project you're working on, uh, we'd love to know what's happened in your life. And remember, always drink responsibly. Uh, I'm really excited for, I've just, I as, I as I mentioned, I work with the team in the Marion Hotel. We've just uh, done a, a new three-course vegan menu, so pretty excited about that. Mm. Uh, we start with, it's a chickpea, it's a, it's a courgette fritter, and then it has like a really nice kind of horistic cashew dip. Oh, yes. We have a classic lentil bolognese, and then we gorgeous. finish with a strawberry shortcake in a jar. So it's super pretty, all gluten-free, but just gorgeous vegan food. So, so is this the, the autumn menu or such? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's coming up really soon. And it's just like, again, that's been one of the loveliest experiences, because I don't come from a traditional kind of mm. background in terms of my yeah. training I was really nervous going in and they couldn't have been more welcoming and also just more curious more interested and everyone um, especially Ed, Paul, Shane and yeah. Liam are just amazing and they've been so kind and actually also just open and you know actually how can we kind of yeah. you know My correct yeah. saying is Paul Kelly yeah. the chef in there Paul yeah, I actually did a demo with him at Taste of Dublin a couple of years ago, and he is an artist, incredible, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I but know. But you're there like tr- coming up three years now. You're doing the the menu there. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It's that, been it's been really cool. So that, that's incredible. So if people want to go in and check that out. They can pop into the Marion. Yes, into the garden room. Which, and is, which is stunning, by the way. Oh yeah. Mm. I think people don't realise how far back the Marion goes. And it's what so it's like yeah, well, you live at the back of it, so you should. Oh, yeah, you know, I, you can oh, see nice. I live in the lane behind the Marion. <laughs> oh, so like, yeah. yeah, But like, yeah, you just all the all these different windows, if you look around, you're like, oh my God, that's the Marion too. That's the Marion yeah. too. It's, yeah. such a, it's such a grand hotel in the, mid, in the middle of the city centre. But yeah, I'm actually definitely like want to go in and check that out because I was looking at your summer menu earlier on 
and uh, like just just a few things they're like obviously the butter ball roasted Mediterranean vegetable and then your lemon meringue pie with the yeah. macerated raspberries oh my god I know this sounds so fantastic so really looking forward to getting into the Marion soon and uh, then the, the shepherdless pie was pretty good too I'm not sure is that on or off the menu but it kind of it started out when we first launched and then they couldn't take it off which was really cool come here do you know this is actually so I, I went through a while ago of actually kind of trying to recreate a couple of things vegan right yeah um, and one thing that I found and this is something that is like texturally that I love in something like especially like a lamb based pie yeah bulgur wheat yes a little bit of bulgur wheat it almost kind of like you know when you're, you're eating like a shepherd's pie yeah and it almost has that like grizzle to it yeah. do you know what also works really well what? Uh, walnuts what? oh wow yeah 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 okay. you, you just break them up a little bit because again you get that nice texture yeah. Uh, yeah. so they work really well too they kind of soften and kind of oh yeah yeah completely Actually, have you ever tried pickled walnuts are delish incredible yeah Absolutely amazing. Do you, in general. Are you into kind of fermentation, pickling? I go through phases of it and then like I just end up with like around 18 litres of kombucha not knowing what to <laughs> do with it. And then I'm like, I look at my scoby and I'm like, oh, I'm and sorry. I think we have to part ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it become, actually, um, there's a restaurant in Copenhagen, right? Yeah. Uh, called Amas. Oh, cool. That were um, doing this incredible thing where they were, they obviously they have, uh, they serve scoby in the restaurant or serve uh, kombucha in the restaurant. Yeah. But they had so many scobies that what they started doing was actually dehydrating them oh, and basically turning it into a scoby caramel. And apparently you can give them like as dog treats and stuff like that as well. Well, I had it as a human treat. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. Let it me works. tell you, it was delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even, you know, like scobies, I think one of the, like if you look at lockdown and what people have been doing, banana bread, yeah, lots of people have been doing kombucha, kimchi, like people are actually looking at this and kind of going, okay, I can... Hot sauce is another big one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Frutique around the corner from us. Uh, we're doing uh, free hot sauces almost every day. It's just like... Amazing. He's just learning how to make hot sauces. And you just go in and grab a hot sauce. Yeah. I'm going to just throw this out there. I think maybe like homemade yogurt making could become the new sourdough. Really? Because yeah, yeah. Because again, I've gone through that phase of you get your probiotics and making coconut yogurt and it, it comes to life super quick. It's so really fascinating. How do you do with coconut? Do you take coconut milk and coconut cream? and? Yeah, exactly. And then it helps if you add in a tiny bit of sweetener and then you just take your probiotic capsules. Yeah. Um, or else you can use starter from a previous one as well. Okay. And it's pretty, you know, if you have a hot press and it goes, put a muslin over it and kind of overnight you get this really Ooh. rich, especially if you like, I love kind really tart flavors yeah. yeah so you can kind of control it yourself but it's kind of fascinating to see it come to life like similar probably to the way that people got into sourdough i kind of predict maybe yogurt might have a moment i think that could be cool yeah i think yeah. like um i think i think the next big food trends are like regional indian yeah. filipino yes um and also kind of eastern african uh, where you like a lot of like a lot of african cuisines are naturally vegan as okay. well like if you look at but for example like ethiopian food we have gersha in um in downtown in Ethiopian culture, you're only eating meat two days a week, if even. Yeah. And mm -hmm. other than that, it's all naturally vegan. Yeah. And the meat you're eating, it might be, you know, a little bit of lamb, a little bit of chicken, an egg that you're adding to the otherwise vegan things. Yeah. Where, so like, I think, and then regional Indian food, you know, there's so many amazing vegan restaurants or vegan yeah, recipes. Yeah, like your lentil dals, things exactly, like that are where, so... Where like, yeah, I think doing that little, going that little step further, making your own coconut yogurt, making your own... Also, coconut yogurt is delicious. That's yeah. what I mean. It's, it's really, really, really yeah. good. Holly, um, so if you are going out at a night out or you're going out for dinner on this Friday night, where are you hitting up as your favourite restaurants in the city in Ireland? Where does Holly White like to go for a night out? Uh, if I, I really like Cork. Anytime I've gone to Orso and Cork, I always have really, really good food there. Oh, I love yeah. that. Um, I'm trying to think. This, I'm kind of a little bit on the spot. I'm, I mean, do you know what? I think probably like most people, the past year and a half has really been spent at home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I have a good friend who makes the most epic margaritas as well. And okay. I find like nothing beats like actually just nice tasty food at home. All yeah. nice nibbly bits. I love yeah. like good crisps, nice sourdough bread, olive oil, balsamic, that kind of stuff to start. Mm -hmm. And then to be honest, I'm really into my own kind of home cooking at the moment. But I, as I said, love Orso in Cork is super good. Um, and then in terms of a pickle really really good oh, vegan yeah. Indian food absolutely yeah. love that there Sunil Guy yeah. I've said it before and then the bar upstairs again. is amazing I've sitting room the bar oh it's really cool what? the living room or the sitting room it's one or the other oh is that in Delahunt yeah oh, it's the bar upstairs in Delahunt insane yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah, so yeah, good yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name it's because it's one bartender who's in there he's incredible yeah and they do actually if you're going in there a take on a margarita Called, called a little bird. Oh my it's like god! A, what is this? It's like a marmalade margarita. Oh wow! And it is like honestly, it's one of the most refreshing, delicious cocktails I've had in Dublin. 
But I kind of, I almost don't want to tell people about it. On I the know, I like, know. It's like, it's like, oh, the, you get the bay window seat in there. Oh, I know. Yeah. And those are those like just lovely moments. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> um, have you been to Gloss? Uh, this is weird. No, I haven't. But I've been to the deli during, um, and mm. I've got gorgeous takeaway food from there. I got yeah. super nice, um, like a minty kind of a falafel, which was amazing. And then I got a burger, a right, uh, kind of like a rice and miso mushroom burger from their deli in Ranla. Took it home, and it was amazing. I'm, I'm actually, I'm more excited that by that restaurant than I have been by a lot of openings. Really? Yeah. Well, I think you know what it's. It's exactly that. It's a restaurant that like is veggie and vegan. Yeah. That you could bring the most diehard meat eater to and they would leave satisfied because they know exactly what they're doing and they're doing it with conviction and passion yeah 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 and it's brilliant I think, I, I think it's that you said it's that satisfaction is the most important thing as well like I feel now like what I've developed is kind of a skill in terms of like looking at a plate and if I feel like it's missing something it needs more crunch more texture I think that's a thing that unless someone kind of probably is either very empathetic or lives a bit of this lifestyle they kind of might not be aware mm-hmm. that simple things like adding like hemp seeds because they contain all your nine aminos they're just they actually just really do help you feel much more satisfied loads of avocado crunchy nuts crispy seaweed or something like that it's to make a dish feel full and as you said satisfying is the yeah. most important thing because that's the preconception about vegan food is that it's lettuce leaves or yeah. you know and I've gone Rabbit through phases food, yeah. yeah I've gone through phases where I've lived off whether it's sweet potato fries or just you know bowls of pasta with tomato sauce yeah you feel famished you don't feel great mm. and that's the kind of perception that I had of vegan food mm. so also do you know what Paddy sings in steps have you seen this yes. guy on this older Irish gentleman who said he was like he's basically he's a farmer yeah and just basically came out and said that he's going vegan Completely. Completely. And then you vegan. see his journey and he makes his curry and he's so proud, which is so Wait, lovely. Is this? Is it, have you not seen this guy? No. Paddy Sings and Steps on Instagram. He is, I'd say he's maybe in his late 60s, yeah. kind of early 70s. From, I'm not sure where in the country. I think it might be Galway. Yeah, there's a bit of trad as well. The, yeah, he, like yeah. he's an incredible traditional Irish lilter. Um, <laughs> no and I, I, I he, this up. He, he is amazing. And he, like, do you know what? If you want to see a beautiful journey yeah. of somebody presumably coming off a kind of a a meat and three veg to being like today I'm making a curry from Kerala I know. <laughs> in the south of India and it's just yeah. like it is incredible I think that like you know there's so many strong voices like yourself and himself which are <laughs> such different ends of the spectrum but okay. really that's beautiful I mean it means that there's everything in the middle mm. yeah. which is deadly mm. but that's his journey what about your journey, Holly? Like, what's next for you? What's next? What's the future of Holly White? Veganism obviously blew up and really brought the Holly White brand to a new level. But where do you see yourself now? Is there more cookbooks on the way or what's your plans for the future? Do you know, teaching is what I got really into. Like, I think at the beginning of lockdown, when events and everything like that went, um, I I need to be busy. If I'm not, it's not good. My, you, know, I, 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 I have, you know, I always have a little bit of like low level anxiety creeping there. Put it into a project, get out, go for a run, exercise, yeah. that kind of thing. So what I started to do was to teach online. So the first one I did was like a vegan dinner party at home so we cooked three courses live via zoom and then back in january did a whole like go veganuary four-week course and that in that every um monday we all cooked a dish together and actually i realized at the heart of it all i want is to kind of empower and give people the resources that they can cook at home that they can have these kind of bulletproof recipes but if they're missing a bit of this or a bit of that they can still make it but i think if people are actually actively cooking in their kitchens they come away and they go hang on i've made the dinner and I've enjoyed it, you know, because mm. once they taste it, they, you know, typically will kind of go, actually, that's surprising. I might make that again. So for me, um, I have a kind of a go vegan four week course kicking off in October and then I'll probably do it again in January as well. And then otherwise just keeping busy in terms of online social. And um, I'd love to get abroad and do a bit more training because um, I find you know that's what I love I love just being immersed in I'd love to mm. do more like Indian vegan that kind of thing and really yeah. understand my spices a bit better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holly White does Asia we can see that soon loads That'd of spice, spice training yeah I'd like I'd like to see that we that'd, make, that'd, that'd make a TV show I think oh my god the dream that would be if there's any producers listening send the check okay <laughs> <laughs> and bring us all abroad oh my god, you can be, be the brilliant. tasters oh my god I, oh my god the I'd three of us are going to India I, I would love to go back to India I'd like and do you know what? actually this is something that uh in India, like so many places, don't have access to refrigeration. Yeah, and like you know, for that reason, vegan food is is the go-to. Mm-hmm. Or you know, you might have a bit of paneer or anything like that. But it's like, you know, it's kind of as soon as you step out of out of the Western world where the meat was always the centerpiece. Yeah, and you go to places where you know it wasn't available or it wasn't financial. It didn't make financial sense. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, veganism isn't just a lifestyle. It's just it's actually just a food culture. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think that's yeah, understanding that is deadly. Yeah, 
super cool. Wow. So you can check out Holly at holly.ie. Uh, how did you get that domain, by the way? Holly.ie. That's fab- fantastic. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> thanks so much. That's fantastic. Plus, our Instagram is hollywhite.ie. Yeah. Um, so we have one last question. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you've listened to the podcast a couple of times. Oh, you know, know. You know what's coming here. So we always like to know, what is your devil's dessert? So basically, what is like your last dreamy meal? And this can be, it can be as many courses as you want. And also it can be like, what? where is it? Okay. What, do you, what music are you listening to? What does the air smell like? Okay, okay. What, is there grass between your feet or is it sand? Like, oh is God. it kind of, okay. so what are we talking here? It can be quite a magical moment. Okay, okay. So I'm going to take us to, I think, like kind of around August, end of summer, because it's that nice time where it's still mm-hmm. sunny and warm. You might be a bit, you yeah. know, and August typically yeah. I find is a bit more of a relaxed month. We're going to start out, I'm going to have a grapefruit margarita. Oh, yes. So okay. good. So refreshing. Really tart. Loads of salt around the rim. And then I love, as a starter, I love loads of nibbly bits. I love really nice, like, um sourdough bread balsamic sundry tomato calamata olives oh, yeah. and I love just all that kind of dipping Dippy and yes. yeah I'm really into that um, main course lentil bolognese in the Marion Hotel have yeah. to have to say that <laughs> uh, have to because that's obviously my absolute favourite but then for a dessert if I could go anywhere in the world I'd probably go back to the World Food Cafe and they did the most amazing um vegan cheesecakes because for me that was that pivotal moment of going how can I have something that's so delicious that's really really satisfying but actually also I can feel well because to me that's just that, that, that was LA was it um, that was in LA but yeah. also where I trained and kind of learned how yeah, to yeah, do yeah. this property was yeah. in the World Food Cafe which is in mm. Neil's Yard in London and it's a tiny place you go up the stairs and they just make incredible vibrant it's actually a raw cafe so everything okay. it, yeah, yeah. Okay. but just super cool super delicious and also what I love is it's the prettiness it's the presentation is amazing um, so yeah I'd have to go there for yeah, that desserts are theatre but as well aren't they like you know it's, it's exactly that and it's all about the presentation and the beautiful kind of you know mm. fab gorgeous nice well listen dessert. Holly it's been such a pleasure having you on as we said you can check Holly out at holly.ie remember that or look up Holly White on Instagram um, if you want to check out any of your courses or anything like that they're all on your website yeah exactly brilliant and I'm really excited to see what's coming next really excited really excited to see obviously this TV show where we all go around India I think I that's going to be lots I'm of fun I am looking forward to it um, so Holly yes thank you so much the spice for, of uh, white have the it. spice of white <laughs> I have it there we go white heat white yeah, heat yeah. <laughs> I think Marco Pierre White already has oh, that yeah, one oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway um, thank you very much to the Headstuff Podcast Network I'm going to do that again. Thank you so much to the Headstuff Podcast Network for hosting us. Um, and thank you to you, the listener, for taking the time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends, tell your granny, tell your colleagues, tell anybody who might be interested in hearing about uh, what's going on in food in Ireland. We're back next week with more tales and adventures of the culinary landscape. And thank you to our wonderful sponsors, Hop House 13. They're what's hopping. And where that's banging. Get the facts. Be drink aware and visit drinkaware.ie. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.